You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's This Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. Coming at you, we're a scant few weeks away from the most important election of your lives, lives, livelihood. They say that all the time, though. So it's probably not the most important election in your life. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Today is the last day to register to vote in Georgia. Uh, If you're in some other states, please check and make sure your information is accurate or you will get turned away at the polls, especially in states like Georgia, that protect the integrity of the vote. By having photo ID, not a horrible requirement to, to ask somebody to, to prove who they are when they go vote. Unfortunately, the uh, way things are going right now, Hillary Clinton's only going to need a 50% turnout from dead voters in order to win the White House. Um, the, uh, the infamous video is over the weekend. I was down in Florida visiting the, uh, the jellyfish. As it turned out, for the first time in my 41-year life, I was stung by a pack of wild jellyfish. I thought it was uh, sunburn at first, and um, once I found out it wasn't sunburn, which is pretty easy because nobody, not, nowhere else on my body was burned except for specific areas, I went online and I found out that, yes, indeed, it's something that happened. It call, it's called sunbather's eruption. And it's these tiny little jellyfish larvae, really, and they—you um, can't even—you can't see them. They're not invisible, but when they're in water and you're splashing around, they're basically invisible. They're about the size of a pinhead, and apparently, I ran into about a million pinheads of them, and uh, it's quite painful, actually. Still hurting a little bit. Still not going to be running around with my shirt off for quite some time. But while I was down there on, on uh, Friday, I believe, I started getting wind of this, the, the, the now infamous videotape with Donald Trump and Billy Bush, who, yes, he is the nephew of one of the Bush uh, family members. They had a pretty graphic conversation while Donald Trump was on a bus about 11 years ago, and a lot of folks took it as a form of uh, Donald Trump advocating for sexual assault. And Billy Bush was just sitting there like a stooge giggling and laughing and engaging in a little bit. You got to ask, folks, is this going to be something that people keep in the back of their minds when they go vote? Studies or uh, a polling has said that 96 percent of Trump supporters still plan to support him in light of this. But folks, this is a close election. Four percent. That could turn a state, especially a battleground state like Ohio or Florida. So anything that Trump does that peels away any of his support is going to be detrimental to his chances to win. That's, I mean, that's the bottom line, folks. If you were offended by it, if you weren't offended by it, that's irrelevant. Was Is the average person, not one that listens to shows like this, not one that listens to Rush Limbaugh, not one that watches Fox News all the time, is the average person... The one that, that has to put food on the table, the one that wants government to basically leave them alone, but also wants competency in government. Is the average person going to look at this in a good light? Probably not. So it's in all in all a negative for the Trump campaign. And unfortunately, with his polling among most groups, he has very little margin of error 
in which to uh, to lose any voters. So when you see 96% of Trump supporters still plan to support him, well, that means 4% aren't. Now, who knows how scientific that poll was. It's difficult to say. And a lot of folks are uh, embarrassed or ashamed or feel pressured or threatened to not say that they're planning to vote for Donald Trump. I do think that Hillary the Horrible is quite possibly the worst candidate we've seen in a long time. Certainly in my lifetime, as far as her corruption and her her inefficacy, really. If you think about it, her, her tenure as Secretary of State has been marred by the most dangerous Middle East we've seen in a decade. She was an abject failure. She put foreign policy secrets online for the Ruskies to hack into. She accepted pay-for-play political donations for access. This is a dangerous person. Unfortunately for uh, for the Trump campaign, the salacious uh, content of his video has outweighed some of these uh, leaked emails that we're seeing, and the Clinton campaign has definitely been able to blame it on the Russians. They said, look, the Russians and Trump are acting in collusion together. Unfortunately, the way the, the media works, they're always going to defend the liberal candidate. They'll go to great lengths to defend them, in fact. Anybody that tuned into the debate Sunday night, I uh, I was a little burnt out from the whole uh, videotape discussion, so I did not watch all of the two-hour uh, town hall debate that they had. But the part that I did watch, the moderator certainly seemed to be gang- ganging up on Trump. He... Uh, he won by most accounts, which means the G- GOP has won two consecutive debates if you count the Mike Pence victory over Tim Kaine, who, on a side note, I got to say, Tim Kaine, I think that guy's leading a double life as a scary clown in, in the woods of South Carolina. Have you seen him, David? Some of the faces that guy makes are, uh, well, they're pretty scary. He's Tim Kaine for Creepy Clown 2016. He's definitely in the running on that. We've got a great show today, folks. We've got uh, Travis Ellis from uh, the group called The Shepherd's Men, which is an initiative that helps treat PTSD and traumatic brain injuries uh, for U.S. military veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Um, This is a great guy. I got to meet him up in uh, Cleveland at the Republican National Convention this past July. We had a a great chat, and I'd been trying to get him on the show for a while, and uh, finally we were able to connect on this date, and uh, looking forward to having him in here uh, as a studio guest in a few minutes. But... uh, Wanted to circle back a little bit. So we had the VP debate. Everybody, even the liberals, admit that uh, Mike Pence won that one. There's been a little bit of clamoring for Trump to drop off the ballot, and Mike Pence would take his spot at the top of the ticket. Um, Again, all this stuff is very difficult to manage in such a short period of time. The election starts November 8th. Early voting has supposedly already started in many states. In Georgia here, it starts on October 17th. So is there time to even do this? Probably not. Donald Trump has already tweeted out uh, many times since, uh, since the video came to light that he was never leaving, that you wouldn't be able to pry the nomination from his cold, dead hands. I made that last part up, but uh, he basically said, nope, I'm the nominee. You're stuck with me. And he has continued to uh, bring Bill Clinton 
into the race, which uh, obviously I'm sure Clinton feels like, hey, I can't run anymore. I'm two-term president. I'm just trying to get back in the White House to be the first man. So it's interesting where I've seen a lot of people defending Trump's comments by saying, well, the other guy did it too, or the other person did it too, or the other party did it too. And that, I don't really buy that argument, right? You know, just because the other, remember that, you know, just because somebody else is jumping off a bridge, doesn't mean you're going to jump off. Remember your mom used to tell you that? Or just because somebody's lighting the forest on fire doesn't mean you need to light it. That might have happened at my house. I was a young pyromaniac, Def Leppard fan as well. So I'm not really sure I follow those arguments. Now, should we be forgiving? Sure. Was it 11 years ago? Was it locker room banter or locker room talk as uh, Trump and many have defended it as? Yeah. But at some level, folks, you can't walk all the way out on the limb when you don't know what's coming next, right? I mean, it's very difficult to give a full-throated endorsement to somebody when you have no idea what they're going to say or do next. And that's kind of the dilemma the Republicans are having right now with do we want to flee right now like rats from a sinking ship or do we stand by our man like some horrible old country song? It's a tough choice. Paul Ryan has disinvited him. Mike Pence is trying to pull away. There was a brief rumor that Pence was going to drop off the ticket, which would be <laughs> – now, this is CNN spreading this one. Uh, that, and that would be amazing. Uh, the, the trouble for him to get back another running mate would be – well, that would be real interesting now, wouldn't it? A couple of the options that I've read that the GOP has, they could reconvene all 2,500 or so delegates and they could do another convention. That ain't going to happen unless they sent me to Miami. Then I might go. I like Miami or maybe somewhere in Texas. That would be fun too. But no, that's unfeasible and untenable and not going to happen. There was another idea that there was a there's a 168 person legislative body as part of the RNC that could possibly remove Donald Trump. But again, that would be very difficult to do. And I mean, where are Trump supporters going to go? They didn't like the other candidates anyway. So if you remove their guy who uh, got 38% of the vote here in Georgia, you're really removing 30 to 40% of his supporters who I assure you will not go out and vote for the hand-chosen candidate of the RNC. So it's quite the dilemma. What do we do? What do Republicans do? Do we hope that he can change his message? Do we flee and hope to rebuild and just give it up to Hillary for the next four years. Everybody always mentions the Supreme Court justices that could be put in place. David, I know you've got some concern about the uh, the Supreme Court, and I do too. The problem with the Supreme Court is they're t- deadlocked right now at four to four for conservative justice, for liberal justices. It's too bad that politics has inflected itself upon the Supreme Court. It really is. Especially since some of our cherished ten, the first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights, several of them are actually hanging on by a five to fourth decision, uh, especially second amendment bills that uh, have had uh, their day in court the past ten years. We've also got a lot of illegal immigration bills that are deadlocked right now that would certainly go the way of the liberals if Hillary Clinton's able to appoint a bunch of justices. 
I guess uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one that's that's I don't know how old she is, but she's pretty old. She's rumored to be retiring soon. On the uh, Republican, I mean, sorry, conservative, the ones who have jurisprudence, uh, Anthony Kennedy is rumored to leave. So, and uh, Clarence Thomas also rumored to be getting up there in age. So, there's a chance that the next president will put in two or three justices that'll change the balance of the court irrevocably for the next 10 to 20 years, maybe more, depending on how old the people are that they put in. And like I said, folks, it is a shame that politics has entered into this thing so succinctly. Um, After the election, Republicans are also going to have a choice. Obama has nominated a guy named Merrick Garland, who I would assume by this time has been completely vetted. So they'll have a decision to say, you know what, do we take the devil we know or do we roll the dice and hope that the Senate can somehow filibuster any heinous nominees from horrible Hillary? We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List with Travis Ellis. Talk to you soon. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And hello, America. Welcome back to Greg's This Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. Today, I'm really excited. Y'all could probably see from my uh, uh, promotions online that about this uh, this next guest that we have. I've been previewing it a little bit, doing the soft tease for the past month or so. Travis Ellis is uh, one of the founders of Shepherd's Men, which is uh, an amazing group that uh, does a lot for veterans from the Iraq and Afghanistan wars that are suffering from PTSD and some other uh, brain trauma and some other injuries. And I had the privilege of meeting him in Cleveland, Ohio, at the uh, Republican National Convention this past July. We talked a lot. He's working with uh, Congressman Barry Loudermilk and some other friends, Claire Bartlett, if you're listening. Shout out to you for uh, introducing me to Travis, but uh, wanted to um, to welcome you to the show. Tell us a little bit about uh, your program and what you guys do and how the idea was conceived. Sure. Well, first and foremost, we're, you know, advocates and some, you know, in some ways ambassadors for 
for a program here at a local hospital in Atlanta, the Shepherd Center. Uh, Shepherd Center, if you're not familiar, is probably the preeminent brain and spinal cord injury treatment facility in the country. Mm-hmm. And eight years in a- ago, thanks to uh, generous seed money provided by Bernie Marcus, they developed a program whose core mission is providing um, you know, comprehensive care for injured service mem- members returning from combat with traumatic brain injury to include post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. So uh, in terms of numbers, uh, we've been engaged in combat continuously for 15-plus years. One out of every five who is deployed has returned with a traumatic brain injury. Those numbers exceed 300,000, and the SHARE Military Initiative at Shepherd Center is truly the only program of its type in the country, mm-hmm. so serving a very small population when there's a very large need. Yeah. So, how many are y'all able to uh, serve at a time? Does it you have to get a scholarship for the pro, or how does that? Not, I don't know if that's the right word. But. Yeah, there's an admissions process. The program uh, is is kept small and intimate because uh, the the return is much greater in doing that. Uh, a lot of these men and women, after they return with these type of injuries, you know, there are so many potential trigger effects. So, putting them in an environment where there's a lot of activity, a lot of noise, a lot of Movement could potentially cause some triggers. So mm-hmm. the program is very small, uh, serves about 10 clients at a time, both male and female. Uh, the average length of the program is between 10 and 12 weeks. Uh, cost per client is about $40,000. Mm. Uh, it's important to know that no person who comes to the program is responsible for one penny of that $40,000. It's exclusively donor-funded. Uh, the VA reimburses the program nothing, and very few mm. of the clients who are uh, who are uh, in the program even have military insurance, Tricare. So, okay. um, it depends largely on donor funding. But I am proud to say, uh, Mr. Marcus was very generous again recently. Uh, our group, Shepherd's Men, have raised about 1.3 million dollars for the program over the last three years, and in 2017 program will expand to double the population served. Wow, so we'll go that's from amazing. Service, yeah, servicing about 40 clients a year to about 80. Okay, so you're when you say 40 per year, this means, do they all enroll in the program? Do you try to enroll them at the same time and have them similar? No, they're all individually? Yeah, everyone enrolls individually. Uh, the program will never exceed 10 in terms of the numbers. Um, and that there's a basic template of, of care, but everything is structured uh, based on the client's needs. So um, if you have a client who, who comes in and there's a lot of, um, let's say, migraines or balance issues, and his or her goals is to become a better husband or or uh, or wife uh, at home, that's what they work on. Someone wants to integrate with their children better. Um, that's what they work on. Uh, oftentimes, when we return from combat, you know, and you're dealing with these type of brain injuries to include the post-traumatic stress, you know, isolation is uh, something that is very common. And, mm-hmm. you know, this program allows, you know, men and women to go from the basement back into their their children's lives and to kind of re- reintegrate with the family. Because mm-hmm. PTSD, it's, you know, now the post-traumatic stress uh, syndrome um or is it what is d the is it disorder disorder okay post-traumatic stress disorder i I knew i'd messed up one of the acronym words there but in the old days it was called shell shock right uh especially world war ii and vietnam i think started to shed a different light on it because again that was a very long war uh as well and it was it was one of those wars where you didn't know who the enemy was and or where they were 
or where they were going to come from. And I think that's one of the the biggest problems with PTSD is the the, the soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan. Part of it's been being a police officer or peacekeeping where you've – it's a much different mission than when you say, okay, those guys are over there. We need to go set the trench warfare like in World War One or in World War Two, where you knew the, the battle lines were drawn and you knew who you were fighting. I think that that's why we're seeing a lot more of it as well because it has become such a uh, – um, where anybody could be your enemy. No, absolutely. And, you know, we're the only country that's operating by any rules of engagement. So it, it, it makes it a, a bigger challenge. And when you have the enemy um, threatening, you know, wives and children to go plant roadside bombs in fear of uh, having their families murdered, mm-hmm. and, you know, you have a job to keep uh, your brothers and sisters safe. And if it means, unfortunately, uh you know, eliminating a target like that. I mean, that's what you have to do. And I think long term that causes some potential psychological issues. And, you know, you mentioned the Vietnam War. The average tour in Vietnam was a year. I mean, we're deploying 23, 24-year-olds for their fifth, sixth, seventh yep. time. And as our combat operations continue to transition more to the special operations community, that's only going to increase. Right. Well, of course, because, you know, the uh – I don't want to politicize things too much, but when your current president puts exact timelines on things and says this is when we're leaving, it's kind of a good clue for the enemy to hold tight and then roll back in. If you, if you look at some of the uh, information in Afghanistan, the Taliban is uh, operates or runs about 30% of the country now, and they still have a much bigger uh, role in Kabul and some of the more uh, policed areas, if you will, but they... It's that's that that would be the the true crime is if we spend fifteen years and we don't improve anything in either the Iraq or Afghanistan. That, oh, that would be just the biggest travesty I can think of. I mean, Fallujah is a prime example. Look at the American bloodshed and and international bloodshed to to take Fallujah and Fallujah is now back in the enemy's hands mm-hmm. and uh, were those lives lost for naught? And I mean, it appears from the direction of our foreign policy now, then you know. Perhaps so. Yeah, and that that's just the the frustrating part for me. The other frustrating part is the failure of uh, this current administration to adequately fund the VA. They, uh, in my opinion, have, have, have dedicated resources to uh, relocating unvetted, um, they call them refugees, but un, un, unvetted people from other countries, setting them up here with better resources than our returning veterans. To me, that's absolutely shameful. And we need to be protecting our own before we import other people who may not share our same values and who certainly don't share the same work ethic. I agree. But if you look at the Shepherd Center and their share initiative program, the reason it works is because it's not a government program. There is no bureaucracy. There (laughs) are no layers of mismanagement. And you utilize the talent there to serve the population. Now, talk that, about that, that a little bit. This forty thousand dollars that's uh, per person. Now, that is ex- ex- spent on the facilities. The now, primarily uh, staff. You know, staff? Okay. You, when you go into the program, every it, it's a full continuum of care. So, if you need psychological therapy, pain therapy, vocational therapy, uh, if you're having issues again with balance. Um, you know, they're social workers. I mean, it's it's very robust and very comprehensive. Whereas you go to another uh, channel of care, you may make your initial p- appointment, 
Eight weeks down the road, you may follow up with a psychologist. Mm-hmm. Three weeks down the road, you may follow up with an you know, internologist. Well, all these resources are available in this program. In the building, all of these you know, brilliant people come together and work cohesively to uh, truly care for, for our heroes. And right. uh, it's a, a program that they, they've tried to replicate. They've tried to give to other rehab facilities across the country. And there's been a great interest. But when the... Uh, the other folks realize it's going to cost about $1.2 million a year to, to run. They tend to shy away, and, and that's the tragedy there. Um, you know, the VA does a lot of things very, very well, mm-hmm. but it is a big government bureaucracy with many layers of dysfunction and mismanagement. It would be like going downtown and giving MARTA a billion dollars tomorrow. <laughs> Do you trust that MARTA is going to manage that money or the Atlanta money Or the Atlanta streetcar. <laughs> sure. And and that's why this yeah. program works, because it is a private program. Why not utilize the mm-hmm. talent we have in the medical uh, field today? And and that's why I think there, there could be some sort of public-private partnership where, you know, government is funding the care, but private citizens are providing the care. Right. Yeah, I mean that would be that that would be a great use of resources, in my opinion. Uh, instead of you know this resettlement program that that got a four billion dollar price tag on it, uh, one point two million dollars sounds like a lot of money on an individual basis, but on a government program, it's pretty damn cheap. Sure, absolutely. And if you look at Vietnam, uh, there are fifty eight thousand names on a wall yeah. in D.C. Uh, I think you could multiply that number by four, the numbers that came home feeling disenfranchised, uh, alone, lost, uh, turned to lifestyle choices. And that th- this probably, is Vietnam, right? Yeah, this okay, is Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the injustice that uh, happened following the Vietnam War and how how we treated those men and women is probably unlike any other tragedy tragedy in our country's history, with the exception yeah. of slavery and what we did to the Native right. Americans. Yeah, there's such a. I I will give uh, our population credit. There's such a um, respect for our military that that wasn't there after Vietnam. Sure. They came home being called baby killers and murderers and and every name in the book. And most of them <laughs> really the draft was in place, y'all. They didn't want to be there. Absolutely. We don't have the draft anymore. We don't have. Uh, your draft card when you turn 18 that hasn't been used since 1973, I believe, is when they ruled it out. Um, so you guys, uh, I wanted to, to direct people to the website, shepherdsmen.com. i got a couple more things. we got a 2.30 break, but uh, we'll get back with you here in a second. But uh, So you guys do a run, and um, you also have been doing a, an outreach program or a, a public awareness program with the number 22, which mm-hmm. is a pretty uh, – poignant number and one that I've talked about many times on this show. It's a number uh, that should shock you. It's a number that that, that should dismay you as well. Uh, The number 22 is the average number of our veterans that take their lives every day. And I extrapolated that. That's almost 7,500 a year. I, I I cannot fathom that, Travis. No, I agree, and that's why uh, we chose to get engaged. This program uh, in our own backyards has never had a client go through it, take his own life. So every male or female who is an alumni of this program now is known as mommy or daddy in their own homes rather than a a sobering statistic, and that's a powerful thing. That is really powerful to have a 100% success rate where – and I just wish we could triple the numbers. And sure. That's kind of y'all's goal, right? Yeah, that's our be, goal, exactly. And y'all are looking for corporate sponsors. and Yeah, we are. And, uh, you know, we, we feel uh, 
encouraged that the program will double in 2017, and now we want to find another rehab center to uh, take the leap and uh, kind of stand up the program itself. All right. Well, let's take a look and uh, see if there's some other ones around. And uh, I guess the do you, is it best to spread out from the southeast? We're going to go ahead and take our uh, 2.30 break here, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some of these future ideas and some of the current missives that, uh, that I've been reading about here. We're here with Travis Ellis from shepherdsmen.com. You can check them out there. They're a great group that's been providing a lot of uh, relief and services for our uh, veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan who are suffering from PTSD. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's Web Radio.com. We've got Travis Ellis in studio with us. He's one of the founders of uh, Shepherd's Men, uh, which is a uh, the Shepherd Center Share Military Initiative. Um, the acronym for Share, what's is it's that? Not Shep- a good one. Okay. Share sounds better, but it's Shaping Hope and Recovery Excellence. Okay, All right. so Share. Share. Got it. Well, and it's also got the first two letters of Shepherd in there, Absolutely. so you're not doing. Uh, not doing a disservice to the uh, the place it has it, and we were just talking off air a little bit, and you uh, mentioned to me that actually we 
the focus of the program is on TBI, not Correct. necessarily PTSD, which could involve primarily or or just psychological pro, uh, problems. Uh, TBI is traumatic brain injury, which involves some kind of handicap or a, concuss- a concussive-based lifestyle, stuff like that. Can you explain that a little bit better than me? No, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, the, the signature injury of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars have been uh, TBIs as a result of the roadside bombs, the mm-hmm. reoccurring concussive blasts, and just repeated neurotrauma. So this program, one of the basic requirements for admission is having a TBI. Now, more often than not, post-traumatic stress accompanies that TBI, but there has to be a TBI to be a candidate. Okay, so you could have PTSD without having a TBI. Absolutely. And there's a program at Emory now that's providing treatment for those, you know, PTSD type cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. Atlanta is actually uniquely, I, was, I just thought of this, is uniquely positioned with uh, the Shepherd Center being here and uh, Bernie Marcus. Bernie Marcus um, is one of the uh, founders of Home Depot. And it's interesting when you let people keep more of their own money that they end up doing good things with it. But, uh, Bernie Marcus donated $250 million to the uh, the Atlanta Aquarium or the Georgia Aquarium and got that off the ground. Imagine if that had been a government program. They would have run out of water before that thing Absolutely. was built. <laughs> so so it, to me, hearing him uh, as one of the primary donors for this program, it doesn't surprise me really. No, absolutely. A, it you know, speaks to his uh, generosity and his, you know, patriotism. And there was a need. Uh, private enterprise saw a way to, to help combat the need, and it's done remarkably well. And and you said it so well. If, if you can give, um, you know, smart, brilliant, successful people the opportunity to keep more of what they earn, think of how reengaged they could be in the right. communities and how how much more that, that they could do. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a preponderance of evidence showing that. And just this is, um, like I said, I just kind of put these two together. Obviously, Bernie Marcus has been uh, quite uh, the philanthropist during his whole life. But, you know, for him to be able to fund a program like this that is showing the, the amazing success rate, 100% success rate and Travis and I talked off air a little bit it's it's the beauty of this program is that it's focused uh, on a niche it's got a target it's got a specific group of folks obviously they would want to have the resources to be able to look at more but he, he Travis said yeah I'd rather be a hundred percent successful with a hundred people than twenty uh, percent with a thousand and um, actually I said that but he nodded his head so we kind of so, but so, yeah, I think that's a good philosophy. No, absolutely, and just the the returns are, are absolutely amazing. And you know, our group uh, each year we've gone on some ridiculous, uh, you know, marathon <laughs> crazy type run. And this past year, we ran from Boston to Atlanta that's to raise awareness. A and, long and resources. way. Yeah, and we did I it. I flew over, that once. It was yeah, kind of a long flight. Absolutely, and they don't even give you peanuts anymore. <laughs> no, you might get a, an epileptic shock. I mean, yeah, you, know, you don't want to. So we ran over the course of nine days, each person uh, wearing uh, flak jackets with 22 pounds of ballistic mm-hmm. body armor, really trying to stress the number 22. And when we left Boston, we had a former client who went through the program uh, come out and join us at the North Church in Boston. Okay. Now, this client uh, was a corpsman in the United States Navy, spent about seven years prior to admission into SHARE going through the, the VA system. Uh, his final year of VA care, he had seven seizures. He lost his ability to communicate. He could no longer enunciate words. And his only method of mobility was shuffling his feet. 
that is no way to live, and we owe our heroes so much more. Uh, his wife woke, woke one morning. Uh, he was missing from the bed. She went through the house, found him in the garage with a forty-five in his mouth. Um, through a spouse support network, they learned of the program. He was admitted into the program. Not only is he reengaged with his family, he's serving as the, the role of husband and father, but in Boston, he ran three miles with us. So he's gone from not being able to walk, the inability to speak, to running three miles. He has now taken up beekeeping as a hobby, <laughs> and he is living. This program allows you to live, yeah. and that's a powerful thing. No, that really is. I'm uh, kind of getting chills here. We, uh, You've got a bunch of corporate sponsors. I wanted to give them a shout-out. No surprise, HD Supply, which is Home Depot Supply, Verizon, Samuel Adams. I always approve of a good beer. SA White Oil, Superior Plumbing, Georgia Power, First Landmark Bank, Community and Southern Bank. Cumberland Diamond Exchange and Cal Lighting, and obviously some of the um, I would I would guess some of the the local VAWs and stuff like that. Or no, VF, absolutely. Sorry, VFWs that they're able to uh, collect some. I would I think Rotary clubs may be beneficial uh, as well. Yeah, service organizations, Rotaries, Kiwanis <coughs> clubs, uh, VFWs, American Legion Post, Marine Corps leagues. You know, one thing I'm most proud of is along the way. We've raised $1.3 million, and we've spent nothing. We've never spent a penny to make ourselves more comfortable uh, along the route. The first year we did this, we ran from Atlanta, from the Shepherd Center, to the Marine Corps War Memorial in Arlington. We slept on floors of fire stations. Um, so, <laughs> One fire station to the next. Yeah, huh? absolutely. Cool. But there's a there's a kindred brotherhood there, and uh, it's great to engage with uh, those men and women. You know, we've eaten dinner in the tin house, which is directly behind, you know, where the uh, trade towers once stood behind mm-hmm. the 9-11 memorial. And um, just to meet these special heroes has been uh, a real treat for us. But, you know, every dollar that we raised is going back into the program, and it's helping to save lives. Have any uh, people in Congress been able to kind of take notice and 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 become uh at least a, a supporter vocally and verbally if not with uh, some some uh, purse strings opening up no absolutely uh it's funny you asked two weeks ago we went up to washington dc and the goal was to get congress's attention to kind of pick a fight with congress but do so in a tactful manner uh-huh. uh and we've had one supporter since the beginning, and that's been Congressman Barry Loudermilk from the 11th District in Georgia, who has been such an ardent supporter of everything we're doing. And uh, Congressman Loudermilk came out, uh, ran some miles with us. Congressman <laughs> Graves came out and ran with us. And uh, even the Speaker came out and spent some time with us. So to be able to share our message with uh, with Speaker Ryan mm-hmm. and and let and get on his radar, mm-hmm. um, because these are truly the folks that yeah. can make a difference. I mean, you know, the Constitution gives them the power to. I mean, a ten, a ten yeah. million dollar grant Absolutely. would go light years, and, and, and you know, to the, an organization like this that has demonstrated a, uh, a responsible ability and a documented ability. I can't think of anything better, in fact, to support. So, Congressman, please listen up, and uh, this should be a bipartisan initiative. Really, I think I think it is. I mean, I I don't see anybody wanting to stand in the way of uh, taking care of our, our our folks on on their return home. No, there's no negative political consequence but if you look at clay hunt and you know there's a reason that that took so long to to pass and it's because the politicization of of everything just muddies the waters and everyone has their own agenda and something that seems uh practical and (laughs) makes all the sense in the world just hard to get get through yeah 
Well, money. that's the problem too, Congress, is you guys want to combine horrible bills and then throw in good programs to, to make them more uh, palatable, palatable for the uh, for the voters in Congress. Why don't you just say, look, this is a good bill. You could make a very simple bill saying, look, we have 10 worthy programs, with Shepherd's Men being one of them, and nine others that have had documented successes from the private sector. We're going to match whatever they get. What if we did some kind of matching program? I would, you guys would be able to double your capacity. What if Congress just said, hey, we're going to match what you guys are doing. This is going to end up saving taxpayers in the long run. If you're if you're donating money, I know that some of the real limited government people would say, Greg, why do you want to waste taxpayer money on that? Well, I, I can tell you, folks, by not having people or putting people back in the workforce and having them productive, that's going to repay itself. And frankly, having a, a, a solid family unit, an established family unit, rebuilding a family unit, especially one that's been torn away from multiple deployments, that kind of investment, folks, is going to have a multiplier effect that we can't even calculate. Yeah, and I would I would ask for for those who would be against. Uh you know, allocating the funds for these type treatment programs to to just look yourself in the mirror and and ask how many times you've you've put on that uniform and gone into harm's way. Most and of if them are going to yeah. say zero. And if they? it's zero, then you owe everything to those who have mm-hmm. gone into the the depths of hell. This is to one keep of the this is one of the missives that absolutely is supposed to be funded by the federal government, national defense, and that doesn't stop when the war is over. And frankly, it doesn't seem like any. But these wars are going to be over for a very long time. Sure, and this isn't about you know manufacturing some war good in some congressman's home district. This <laughs> is about saving lives, saving lives of those who are keeping us free. And uh, honestly, we owe all we have to give to those brave warriors. I could imagine Tampa might be an area where y'all could look at. Just would they? Uh, they have got a, a pretty big. I think McGill. McDill Air Force Base is down there, and they have very good hospitals. That might be an area where y'all could look. Or Birmingham, obviously, with its proximity, you could actually drive there instead of having to fly sure. to Tampa. Is that what? Do y'all have any other? Yeah, cities you know, there's, still there's been the- some places identified. Uh, Colorado. Um, University of Colorado okay, is, Boulder, is, yeah. Yeah, is hinting at developing a program uh, or standing up a program like this up in Kentucky. Fraser Rehab mm-hmm. um, would have the ability to do this. So I think Fort you could, Campbell area. Yeah, I think you could identify eight or ten uh, locations yeah. uh, nationally. I'd really and, love to yeah. see this program at least go regionally in, into the four quadrants of the U.S. I mean, it's clearly one that's that's worked, and it's not such a such a massive program. It, it's it's very scalable, I guess would be a good way to describe it. And, uh, you know, I just uh, haven't, haven't had the chance to learn about it. Sure. I, I, I want to help you out in any way we can. No, I, I'd invite you to come down and let us give you a tour of the program yep. anytime you'd like. And the thing about this program is it's service, serving clients from all over the country. So soldiers from Fort Hood in Texas, Marines from Camp Pendleton. And when you leave the program, when you graduate, you have a life coach that is engaged with you for the next year. So this person follows up on all the care and treatments mm-hmm. you've received during your 12 to 16 weeks in the program. That's amazing. And they they, they stay engaged to make sure you're staying on the right track. Well, that's the follow-up that uh, that we absolutely need to be doing for our veterans, especially the ones that have been deployed multiple times and have had their families torn apart and their lives torn apart. So I uh, recommend everybody go visit shepherdsmen.com and uh, – We want to thank Travis Ellis for coming in today and appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. Thanks as always. We'll see you in a minute. 
When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism on AmericasWebRadio.com. We uh, just wrapped up with Travis Ellis. What a wonderful uh, fellow that guy is. The uh, um, the Shepherd's Men program, which has been providing uh, uh, support and treatment for veterans with TBI, which is traumatic brain injury, and also it's accompanying uh, PTSD. Uh, it's just an amazing program. It's got a 100% success rate. You can't get any better than that. And it's one that we really should take a look at and say, all right, the private sector's doing this better than government. Let's leave them alone, but maybe let's look at using matching government funds since since treating our soldiers is one of the delegated functions of the federal government. Let's look at taking care of them when they get home. The cost per person on this is about $40,000, so it's not cheap. It's a 10- to 12-week program. Uh, we'll have replays on this show. You can also go to shepherdsmen.com and get some information about being a sponsor and on the program. And Travis was nice enough to invite me to take a tour of the facility, the Shepherd Center. And actually, it's I live down in that area near Emory, so... Uh, not too bad of a drive for me to get there, and I will absolutely take them up on that offer and uh, take a look at the facility and uh, help hopefully follow up and help them with some of the some of the great work that they've been doing. Um, you know, a lot of the uh, the participation rate in the military is so low these days that uh, you know we've had to resend people over and over again because we don't have. Uh, new folks signing up. We also don't have the draft. We don't have conscription here, which is actually a good thing. It's it's it certainly is better to have a volunteer army, uh, uh, but everybody needs to do their part. 
If you own a small business, if you're able to hire uh, returning veterans when they come home, that's one thing I forgot to to mention Travis's company that he does in his civilian life. They hire uh, a lot of veterans as well. And veterans are going to make uh, make damn good employees, in my opinion, because they've already been used to uh, sharing a lot of responsibility when they're overseas and, um, you know, certainly working here on any of the bases. So I encourage everybody to take a look at this program. They've got uh, another, uh, I guess, jog or race or journey coming up in uh, uh, March probably of next year, 2017, and it'll be uh, a cross-country or, or up the eastern seaboard-type drive or, or jog. Uh, this past time when they came from Boston to Atlanta, they stopped in Newport, Rhode Island, New York, New York, Gettysburg, PA, Lynchburg, Virginia, Knoxville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. So they did a little bit of a, a western jaunt. And they went to Athens, Georgia. So pretty cool. They went to go visit my alma mater, the Georgia Bulldogs. And um, it's just a, it's a wonderful program, and it's a way that we can actually measure success. It's a way we can solve some of the problems of um, veterans coming home and, and, and feeling alone. That number of 22 suicides per day is staggering. We've got, we've got to stop that. And this is certainly one of the ways to do so. So anyway, folks, let's get back to a little bit of uh, current events and what's going on. In the debates, uh, Donald Trump, he had a pretty rough fortnight. He also, um, somebody dumped his tax returns from 1995, and it showed he had a $916 million loss. And they extrapolated from that that he may not have paid income taxes for the next 20 years. And uh, Trump's been reticent to release his tax returns, which obviously gives the Democrats and the media all and his critics all of the ammo that they need. Um, you know, he's been uh, asked many times, refused to turn them over because he's under audit, supposedly. I would... I would counter that if I was um, trying to uh, make Trump look bad by saying, well, just go back to the last year that you're out of audit and turn those over. So I don't know. It's uh, it's certainly one of these things that's going to be festering, I guess would be a good word for it, festering up until the election day. Um, it, it doesn't seem to go away as an issue. There's only one more debate which will be, I guess it's Wednesday, October 19th, and um, that one's moderated by Chris Wallace from Fox, so perhaps it won't be a three- or four-on-one um, moderator Hillary versus Trump as it's been in the past, but uh, Chris Wallace has certainly got the ability to ask tough questions. He's the son of Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes. He's been on Fox a lot, uh, or many Many years now, I guess, his 2 p.m. show on Sunday is kind of a, a wrap-up of the world of politics. So that should be a pretty interesting debate, and I don't believe there's any football, so nobody can complain. There's not Wednesday night football yet. I think there may be Wednesday night college football, though, if you're like in the Mid-American or the Sunbelt Conference. But nothing too major that should dissuade you from tuning in. On October 19th, through the third debate. Hopefully by then I won't be as burnt out as I have been this past weekend, and I'll actually watch that. I enjoyed live-tweeting the debates, and um, 
posting things, kind of the commentary, hour by hour, minute by minute, tweet by tweet. Live tweeting them is actually pretty fun because you really get back into that old reporting um, frame of mind where you're having to go with – there is no deadline – but if you're not able to get out a thought quickly, then the moment has passed. So it's uh, it's really neat to be doing the live tweeting aspect of it. And I've actually finally found a use for Twitter, which is really cool. We've got some other uh, topics on the uh, on the docket, so to speak. The um, Federal Reserve is poised to raise interest rates again. For those of you guys that were uh, following the Weather Channel the past week, obviously Hurricane Matthew came and um, really just devastated the Atlantic coast. It didn't have maybe as much damage as some people thought, but uh, you know, if you don't have flood insurance in certain areas, then unfortunately your home is not going to be protected. And certainly some places like uh, on the Georgia coast that are maybe inland a little bit, they may not be in a flood zone where it's mandated by your mortgage company that you have to have flood insurance. Uh, if you are in the uh, purchase or refinance market right now, you will very likely be delayed because any uh, home appraisals will have to be reappraised with a, what's called a 442 inspection. So the dire effects of Matthew are going to linger on well past the waters receding. Um, it's hard to say who got the worst of it. Probably Florida. Um, Savannah, I've been able to kind of keep up with my friends that live in the coastal region. A lot of people uh, left town, and actually the state of Georgia was shutting down the roads to get back to some of the areas. Uh, they had these mandatory evacuations, which basically meant they weren't physically dragging you off your property, but they were advising you that there would be no help for you. So... One of those areas where, uh, you know, some people decided to stick it out and their homes were not touched. Others are under several feet of water and uh, also with down power lines and trees. It's going to be a mess to clean up just because of the way this uh, this storm path went. It was, uh, <laughs> I've nobody had seen anything like it where it literally hugged the coastline and went all the way from South Florida to Georgia to South Carolina and in North Carolina. So luckily it's out to sea now. The one behind it, I believe, is not going to be a threat to the United States. So hopefully we'll be able to clean up a little bit. But folks that are, are in the afflicted areas, they are facing down power lines. And um, they're probably going to have a difficult time getting reimbursed for a lot of their repairs if they did not have flood insurance. And uh, in the state of Florida, they actually have their own insurance called Citizens that covers it for people because none of the big insurers want to be in Florida. This was the first hurricane that had really affected them big time since, uh, I guess it was 10 or 11 years since Ivan and all that. And uh, we're lucky that Matthew didn't do its drunken prediction where it looked like it was going to turn around and come back and then go into the Gulf. <laughs> that would have been a, uh, that would have been the double whammy, so to speak. But um, yep. Yeah. So anyway, if you guys do have some property down there, make sure that you do get some kind of flood insurance on there. This should be a lesson that you'll never know. Most of the time, flood insurance is pretty cheap if you're not literally on the beach. It's a few hundred dollars a year. 
So not the end of the world to have that extra layer of insurance in the event of the 50-year, the 100-year, or in this case, the 500-year storm. Because you never know when it's going to come back. I did think it was funny. Al Gore is out um, (laughs) campaigning with Hillary Clinton in a way to make her more appealing to millennials, supposedly. So if you guys see Mr. Gore, thank him for inventing the Internet. And thank him for inventing man-made global warming. You've been listening to Greg's List. Tune back in for the uh, replay. Make sure to share it out. The uh, shepherdsmen.com site is one that's very important. I hope we can emulate that program uh, in cities in the future. We appreciate listening. Thanks. We'll see you next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.